The Flywheel Podcast. The Flywheel Podcast. Buckle up and get ready to set your life in motion. Hosted by Mike and Justin. Welcome to the show, everyone. Justin and Mike here. Today, we're talking to Jordan Sullivan, rapper, singer, songwriter, and producer. He's here today to take us through his journey in the music industry, giving us a perspective on what it's like starting out as an independent artist and the steps he's taken as he continues to pursue his career in music. Thanks for coming in today, Jordan. Thanks for having me, guys. Let, Jordan, Jordan Solomon here. <laughs> let's start by giving our listeners a bit of an uh, introduction to you, on yourself. For sure. So my name is Jordan Solomon. I am a independent artist from Canada. Um, and I've known Justin for quite some time and I've come on here today to uh, talk to them a little bit about the music industry, um, how I came up as an independent artist uh, tips for creators or people who are looking to get into this kind of thing. So, Wicked. So maybe let's start right from the beginning of that, Jordan. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about your backstory and what sort of made you decide to get into this space and become a creator um, as a profession. Totally. So I've been doing music for quite some time. Um, I would say since high school, and I, I didn't always know that this was going to be I was going to be lucky enough to have it as an official career path. I guess starting in music, funny story, way back, my brother had this garage band mic and he just had me mess around and uh, we messed around on garage band on Mac and I made my first song. So I guess I do owe it to my brother, Daniel. He got me into music and throughout high school, I just continued to, you know, make music here and there, started to take it a little more serious in grade 11 and 12, but Nothing major, more just, you know, putting songs on SoundCloud, trying my hand and uh, seeing where it went. Okay, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. Uh, credit to uh, GarageBand for starting <laughs> his career. Um, so, like, if you didn't pursue music, what would you be doing right now? Like, what would be your, your, your career as opposed to music? Yeah, so I guess I'll go more into... Um, how it came to actually become my official career. Sorry, let me just make a correction, by the way. It was a mic from a rock band. You know the game Rock Band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and we recorded in GarageBand. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, Guitar Hero, whatever, yeah. whatever, you know. So high-quality mic, for exactly, sure. Exactly, you know, perfect, uh, great quality on my first song. So um, I guess I'll get more into my story of how this came to be. So after high school, I uh, I actually went to university for one year, uh, Ryerson University, studying commerce. And um, I thought that was going to be my life. I thought I was going to work in finance, do something like that. Uh, long story short, it was fun. I didn't really enjoy it to the fullest. But um, I, after one year, decided that I was going to drop out. And I actually was not even fully really doing music much anymore after this. So I started to work some part-time jobs. I worked at uh, Good Life Fitness and um, Enterprise, actually. Enterprise Rent-A-Car? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ryan got, yeah, nice. got me in there. And um, I ended up sort of meeting a guy with a studio and I got back into music. So um, I guess a little tip to creators out there or people who are looking to get into music these days it's become so accessible to sort of have your own setup. So if you can get a mic, audio interface, you can sort of work on your craft. You don't need to go to the big traditional studio these days. So I got back into music. I was um, putting songs on SoundCloud, seeing where that went. And um, I began to, 
I mean, I already had a little bit of an audience, but I began to really rebuild that audience. Um, and I kept working my job. Um, and from there, I was building on uh, SoundCloud, sorry, building, building. And at the time, you guys remember SoundCloud was really dominant. Yeah. yeah. At that time, yeah. you know, a lot of artists came up on SoundCloud. So I was gaining followers, gaining traction. And um, eventually I noticed this shift. Uh, SoundCloud was going well, but they weren't paying anybody, right? So I noticed that Spotify was coming along. And uh, I decided one day, I'm going to stop putting my music on SoundCloud. And I'm just going to start putting everything on Spotify. This was maybe 2017, I believe. Yeah, sounds yeah. about right. So, um, I started, you know, some people are mad because obviously you got to pay for Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> but um, actually, a lot of my fans followed me over there and uh, I began to uh, gain attraction on Spotify. And this was with no intention of actually making money. I just started to, instead of putting it on SoundCloud, I put it on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And um, I began to build up listenership there. And eventually, uh, I got my first check. I think it was like a thousand dollars or something. <laughs> Getting that money. Yeah, I was really proud of that, right? That's so awesome. I I got that check, and uh, time went on, and I guess my listeners following me over there built to a really nice cult fan base, and and uh, yeah, that's so. Let's even like dial that back a little yeah. bit. So you started out, and this is very much. Um, a passion that you're doing on the side mm -hmm. uh, of, of work and trying to figure out what you wanted to go do with your career. And then as you were doing it, um, you started getting a following. What's like a sizable following in this space? So when you were on SoundCloud mm -hmm. and you went to Spotify, like we're talking about your following and your audience, mm -hmm. but you know, is a hundred people listening to my SoundCloud interesting? Is a thousand? <laughs> what, what were things looking like back yeah. in that time when you started thinking about maybe this becoming something more viable as like a, a career creator as like a path? Yeah, I would say it starts to get really interesting when you get maybe over the hundred thousand play mark. Um, maybe on SoundCloud, I, I started to get a few songs over that. And um, on SoundCloud, that's great. You know, SoundCloud and Spotify are really good because they have really good algorithmic uh AI that can suggest you songs. So they're good at, if you listen to one artist, you might like this other guy. So I would say over that 100,000 mark, it starts to get interesting. But um, to continue on with the story, uh, my Spotify starts going really well, let's say in 2018, um, starts really picking up. And I start making some like solid money off of it. Uh, at that time, I actually left the gym and I decided to go work part-time at TD Bank. Ooh. <laughs> so customer service yeah, representative. Of course. So so my music was going well. Uh still wasn't sure where it would go, but the income was looking good. But I still was like, I need I need to have a job, you know. So I uh worked at TD as a teller um in Oakville. And um I kept doing my music on the side. And um eventually I'm I'm working at TD uh and I reached a point where the money that I was making from music actually started to e eclipse the uh, amount that I was making from music. Um, and I actually still at that point, people were telling me like, you should quit your job. You should uh, go all in on this music. But I still, I don't know. I, I think I just liked my job. Yeah, you had some hesitation. Exactly. It's always nice to have that like little bit of stability. You know, totally. you have your job. It's yeah, security it, income. It's a really big jump. And I feel like a lot of people these days... They want to make that jump super quick. They want to 
do their side hustle and just be like, even before it's eclipsed their regular income and just jump. But I, I was never of that mindset. Uh, I guess I, I did enjoy my job. So yeah, yeah I got promoted at the bank. Ooh. <laughs> got a $2 raise? What was it? What was it? I think it actually was about that. It <laughs> doesn't even track for inflation. Uh -huh. But hey, TD Bank, great company. Um, So I started to open accounts and I got an office. I was working part-time and... um. Yeah, I, uh, I I was starting to think at that point, okay, I'm going to eventually, I don't know when, but maybe at a certain listenership, I'm going to leave the bank mm -hmm. because my income off music was like multiples higher than my uh, income at the bank. But I still was just like, I need this job. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like what, what was that breaking point for you? Like what was the day, like the day you made that decision? You're like, you know what? I'm going to hand in my two weeks at TDE. Yeah. Oh, what was that hold, thought hold process? But before we go into that, I actually want to understand, like, we're talking about, could you do this on the side? Um, and so maybe this is a dumb question, but like, why do you need to quit your job? Like, as, as a creator, Fair. What, mm -hmm. what are you doing during the day? Is it just the money aspect or do you actually need more time yeah. to go focus on this and, I, and why? And what do you do? Like, what does your day look like? I think that's actually a great question because a lot of people at that time, friends and people around me, definitely not family. I don't think my dad ever said, hey, go quit your job. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, uh, people were like, you should quit. You should quit. And I was like, I only can spend so much creative headspace on music that I felt like I only worked 20 hours, by the way, at the bank. Uh, I was like, this isn't really taking away from my actual creative process. I was like, why can't I do both? Uh, obviously, it's not traditional, but I was like, why can't I do both? Um, what really made me make that switch was when COVID hit. So I was working at the bank, uh, COVID hit, and it started to really slow down. My job was actually kind of easy i just opened accounts and <laughs> so i was sort of just sitting in my office and like i i when covid hit i felt like time was just passing like i was just dwindling my life away i was doing this on the side and i was like that's when i made the decision i need to go all in on this and it hasn't actually been that long since i made that decision it's only been about a year and a half i think okay that's that's interesting and like as you're making that transition, you know, with that freed up extra time, where did you put that extra time? Like where, where did you absolutely focus yourself then on, on the music portion? Yeah. So, so let me just, I'm just going to backpedal a little bit cause I want to give a little bit more color to the story. So I, a lot of people don't know this, but I think it will be a good tidbit, but, um, I worked at the bank through literally the height of when my music was taking off. Like I performed, this is going to sound crazy, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but people know, but I performed at Veld. Uh, everybody knows that, obviously, or my people who are fans, fans know that. Yeah. I performed at Veld, um, let's say on the Saturday, and I went back to work at TD on Monday. <laughs> that must have been a really good shift. <laughs> so it, it started to get crazy, like I, I had like even like a few people even come in and like notice me and like take a picture with me my manager at my most recent branch her sons were like fans of mine they were like spreading my music at their school and i was like working at this bank so it's like almost like some like double life that i was living it's like a surreal moment you're like well like i'm am i you kind of probably had in, in your head you're like am i starting to make it like am i making it right now <laughs> i mean not to not to that level but i was just like it it, it was a little bit of a personality crisis i was like obviously I have these 
this great job. But uh, yeah, so eventually I made that jump. And now let's talk about the shift, I guess, is um, I left that job and now I'm doing music full time. Like I said, it's been about a year and a half. Um, I still feel like I'm finding my footing after leaving there creative wise in using all that extra time. So I would say in the last year and a half, I haven't necessarily took it to levels that I, I necessarily can yet uh, with my music and really gearing it up. But I feel like identifying my personality, learning more about myself, uh, self-discovery and stuff was the last year and a half. And I feel like 2022 is that time where I really optimize everything, go all in. And yeah. You, you know, what's actually interesting here is I think we probably jumped ahead really far in assuming that people just get a following <laughs> and that the algorithms sort of just get you up to this space. So Maybe we could just go back a little bit and talk about maybe those SoundCloud days or the even the journey to being able to get enough money off of something like music or your art um, as a creator. Mm -hmm. And so obviously you don't just like keep, maybe do actually, maybe just keep putting things out there and hope that something catches. But mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about what were some of the the building blocks that helped you build a following? Like what were you doing to build that following? Yeah. What were you doing to grow your audience and listenership? And and could others use that as like a, a framework for starting to do that themselves? Yeah, so I mean, it is really tough these days. Like any creative space is, is quite saturated with everybody sort of looking to get into things, but that doesn't mean that you cannot build your own audience. I would say it's gonna take two things. You need really high quality content, whether that's music, uh, whether you're creator on TikTok, whatever your niche is, right? You need really high quality content. You need to do more than the minimum average requirement. So the average person might just be putting out music, making videos on TikTok, but you need to go above that, right? And you need consistency. So, and you need a little bit of luck as well. But <laughs> but I, I, I still um, would say for newer creators, you really have to make sure that your product is going to stand out in the sea of um, content that is out there. One of the things that really helped launch me to the next level was utilizing um, different, not influencers, but I had some like YouTubers and other creators who had a uh, big following and they'd used my songs in uh, video, YouTube videos and stuff. And that's actually what got me that initial launch. I think Jake Paul, another gamer like Nate Shot or something, when they put their uh, my songs in their videos, that really helped give me that initial fan base. Okay, I'm going to cut you up. Yep. Let's talk about that because that you don't, I, I imagine, mm -hmm. the average person doesn't just sort of, hey, Jake Paul can use my music. <laughs> like, how, how did you get to this stage where you just actually out there every day messaging people hey this is me this is what i do i'm trying to you know grow my traction and following like, mm -hmm. talk us through some of that yeah. of how you actually made some of these things happen yeah. because it's super important totally so i'll tell you how uh the youtuber thing happened i can't say it was all myself um this uh this third party youtube channel named bangers only they started uploading my songs um, just like re-uploading my songs onto their uh, YouTube where they just upload like sort of underground artists, um, copyright free sort of songs. And uh, Jake Paul was like ripping, not ripping, but he was using that to source music for his videos. 
and um, I really owe it all to this channel, Bangers Only. I believe the guy's name is Elliot or something, but they uh, they got me on some Jake Paul videos like out of pure luck. Now, if you're a newer artist, you may have to, you know, get in the mud, get in the dirt and reach out to people. Maybe you have to look for literally the guy's video editor and stuff. But uh, at that time, the space was a lot less clogged. And, you know, I think even Nelk like used a song. Uh, but these days you just got to get creative with it. But that, if I want to attribute my success to one thing, that's definitely the first thing that launched me to that level of like having listeners. It's actually important. So obviously it's how do you go network, partner with others, knowing that there's only so much you can do to grow your own following just organically mm -hmm. you are going to have to go out there and create some pressure and drive some influence selling yourself into other things that could amplify you um would you say that that was probably one of the more pivotal areas of like how you gained the listenership or was it like even Veld, like how did you get into Veld? so how do you yeah, how, how does a person too. get into all these areas that you're you've kind of referenced yeah. as opportunities that helped put you in front of people you obviously have to make great content yeah but after you make great content obviously great content every day goes undiscovered totally. and so the organic aspects of it sure that's going to help but i think some people might just think that you just organically put yourself out there and become successful talk like we're probably not giving you enough credit for some of the things you were doing on the daily to get into these streams and let's talk about that totally so i think we have to look at it like this it's and everybody looks at different artists, uh, people who are way more successful than me, and they, they ask, you know, what is that magic ingredient? What is the secret? But for me, and I think a lot of other artists, it's a lot of small steps, a lot of small building blocks that are leading to the bigger thing. So we talked about the uh, YouTubers using my songs. I had met a manager named Josh at that time who got me on Veld. He also manages dubs. Uh, huge credit to him because he did help uh, make some big connections for me. What's Josh's last name? Herman. I know Josh. Oh, no. <laughs> By the way, I, I believe we, I, I don't even have a manager at, at, at this moment. So I believe in the future, we probably still will be working together. But um, I'm just not at that level where I fully need it yet. Yeah, we'll circle back to that after. Yeah, that's funny. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, influential funny. guy, right? So um, it's that. And it's continuing on um, connecting with fans, giving more of a personal aspect. And once you have those people who are interested in your life, this is a little bit of advice for like any creator out there. Once you have people who are interested, their attention is on you, maybe not specifically because they like your music, they like your, but there's just something about you that they like. I have plenty of people who I'm fans of on YouTube, whatever, for whatever reason. You have to feed those people. You have to give them the content that they want. I feel like a lot of uh, fans and listeners just, they, they're huge fans of these people, but they don't get enough uh, content from them. So you have to make sure to continue to pump out quality songs, quality videos, whatever, you know, your niche is as a creator. And um, that that scales up to building a loyal fan base that is going to ride with you for a long time. So quick question, like obviously you, you had YouTube, you had SoundCloud. What was roughly like your following at that time? And then like, what did those little steps that you just broke down for us, what did that take you to? I'm just trying to understand like, what was your basis? And then what helped you get to the point where you're like, all right, I'm going to, you know, start moving mm -hmm. into pursuing this thing full time, mm -hmm. left TD, all that. Like, where was that 
base and what was that growth point that you got to that helped you kind of make that leap yeah and put into like people terms you don't have to give us like exact numbers but yeah like listeners is interesting like number of listens but how many people does it take to build a following is it like Mm -hmm. hey me and my 10 friends that i have in my life Mm -hmm. like can actually make this happen or or like what's the the exponential growth you need to gain the momentum so i actually think that the amount of I can't, I can't say the exact amount of people, but I think that the number that you may need may be less than people expect. Like, yeah, I think people think you need to be like some sort of Drake to like succeed in any industry. And, and it's really, I mean, there's that saying that you rather have like a thousand people who would like die for you rather than whatever the saying is. But I would say it started, it started, um, let's say I got my first hundred thousand maybe on SoundCloud and, um, the algorithm really started to push me. I'm not going to give all the credit to that. But then you start seeing these steps and, and and eventually my Spotify. So we'll transition over to Spotify. I had um, maybe 20,000 monthly listeners. Uh, like just Which is really let, respectable. Let, let's say when I was starting out at maybe TD and that was, that's 20,000 unique people, not uh, streams, right? So that, that was good, good to me. And I had songs that were like, going past a hundred thousand i have actually screenshots of this <laughs> nice no <laughs> you got it you got to keep those milestones yeah. in your back pocket so you can reflect but exactly can and you just, i, I yeah, apologize yeah. to interrupt no no can you explain what a unique listener is for some people may not know what that necessarily means like versus like total streams all for that. sure so right now i believe i have like a hundred thirteen thousand monthly listeners on spotify so that's not individual streams um uh that's just individual people who listen so if you listen to my song uh 50 times this month you're only going to count as one monthly listener okay okay yeah Yeah, no and that's exactly that that's really just a spotify metric though like uh the streams is actually what you're going to be paid on so okay that's cool that's interesting um i guess if you could dig in i know we didn't we we talked about a little bit but like veld i want to just hone in on that a little bit like your experience with that um, do you find that after your performance at Veld that that really helped you take the next step or was it like mild? Like what was the impact that like performing at Veld? Cause that's a, that's a pretty big venue. Um, was, and I feel like we're not <laughs> bringing enough attention to that. Like it was a big deal. It was definitely awesome. And I'll definitely be back. I think, and it went really well. Like honestly, everybody who came, I would say I'm a good performer, really life of the show, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you got you got to you got to have that swagger. But, but I would say it was a little bit more at the time of a perspective thing. Like obviously you're only going to have the crowd there who might uh, learn about you. So I, I definitely had a lot of local support after, but it was a bit more of a perception thing, cherry on top because that was I think it was 2018 and that was a time where my stuff was really starting to like take off and and that's when I met Josh. Um and I started to get on like some Spotify playlists, things like this. And I released some good songs around there, like Angel Eyes and some of my bigger songs. And that was like, okay, that's when I solidified my audience. And it was like the cherry on top. So it was like winter 2018, building, building, uh, releasing all these songs. Let us let me just give you a timeline. 2017, December, I believe I released my most streamed song, Oh Me, Oh My. Okay. Um. That came out, obviously it wasn't my most streamed song right away, it built over time, but it was picking up traction. I released a song named Satisfied in January, that is the song that got used in the Jake Paul video, okay. and it started to snowball, snowball, 
uh, building through that winter. And then it was like that summer cherry on top. That's when I did build 2018 or 29. COVID, I don't know. It, yeah. it, things is all blurring I, out. I feel like COVID also probably worked in your favor in the sense of like people are at home, totally, probably yeah. listening to music a lot yeah. more, keeping them entertained while they're, you know, in lockdown and everything else. So, it, that, you know, Definitely. slight attribute to your success. Pro, pros and cons though, right? Because people also aren't out going to venues totally, as much yeah. anymore. Your your ability to meet people in person. Mm. Um, Actually, interesting stat to uh, jump in here. Well, let me actually actually ask you guys the question. When do you think is the most listened days of the week on Spotify? If I'm going to take a take a wild guess, I'm going to say Wednesday. We'll say Hump Day, getting over okay, the what week. What about you, Mike? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna think that people try to use Spotify heavily on like Friday or Saturday night. Mostly Saturday, I bet, because it's like, hey, Saturday. If I had to guess, Saturday. <laughs> I'm gonna blow your mind. Eight p.m. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm gonna blow your mind. So Saturday and Sunday are actually the least listened days, at, wow. uh, just wow. as an average. So you know why? Uh, Monday to Friday, people use music, man, to to get through life, yeah, to get through work, to get through school. So they're listening on their way to work, they're listening on their way to school, they're studying. Weekend, dude, they're out there drinking. They're not listening. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're out yeah. there living life. I guess that's true. Music. It's like when you think about when you get together with people. There's a Spotify playlist being run but there's like 20 30 yeah i don't know depends right? d- yeah. depends on what the limit is at yeah. any given point in time but you get it it's like 10 yeah. 20 30 people together one person spotify yeah which to your point like people using music on their drive to work while working while working out mm-hmm. it actually yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah and and dude people you th- we just talked about COVID, but yeah man whether it's music i mean i personally watch a lot of youtube videos um and like whether it's whatever content you like to consume, people use content to make it through their day, to make it through their week. I mean, life's just crazy. We all have things that we're dealing with, right? So yeah, that's like, why creators have, have gotten so big and, and people with personalities, whatever it is, that's yeah. why it's just taken off. Everyone has their thing that, that you know that helps them get through the day. Like uh, Mike, for example, listens to like hardcore techno beats while he does work. And <laughs> that, I don't know how that, you could possibly focus. Crazy. That is inaccurate. I crush work to Deep House. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> limited or no words, like limited distraction. Like, and I can just focus. No, it, it does not sound like that. Anyway. Dude, my life is just one long blue noise of YouTube videos. It's funny because when we came in here, Mike was like, who watches hour-long uh, YouTube videos? Listen, I got YouTube premium, okay? Oh, you do? That is the best money I have ever spent. Really? It's $14, $15, no ads. Why Why is that? Like, why, why would you? So I know I, it's a little bit off topic, but I'm just curious. I watch a lot of, like, uh, investment videos, people on, who talk about finance and... Uh, uh, financial independence and stuff and i just listen to that all day what, what does youtube premium get you then no yeah. ads it's just it, for the that's, no ads that's yeah, what but it if is you, i don't know if you watch a lot of youtube mike but if if you watch like say a 15 minute video you're literally gonna get hit with four ads yeah, yeah it, it is it is distracting that's, that's a good call so it's 14.99 and that gets you like ad free yeah no ads and you could just like literally stream oh and you can um if you close your phone and you're on youtube it will stop the video youtube premium lets you like uh close your phone and play it in the background oh, okay interesting Dude, i'm gonna need some google stock soon <sighs> that's that's actually like yeah interesting i guess i do get annoyed when i'm trying to like listen to an exhaust sound on a car and just before <laughs> it drops they put the ads in the worst spots they right? show me like a subaru or something yeah <laughs> 
but I, I think YouTube's a little bit geared to like even younger, like 15. To, I mean, not even 15, dude, like 12 to like 20. But I guess I grew up with it. So it's, but you can get some really, sometimes I watch content on there, by the way, a little bit of tangent, but like you're watching like guys, ex hedge fund, whatever. And, and you're like, how is this content free? Yeah. Well, $14 back. So coming back to the music bit, um, is your primary income as a creator from listens? Yeah, like is it the royalty payouts from Spotify, Apple Music? And just to clarify, you don't post on SoundCloud anymore. Or do you know that they have SoundCloud, <laughs> they have like a premium subscription? Okay, before we go back to Mike's question, I just started posting on SoundCloud again this year because I noticed. So I actually talked to one of my friends who's like really smart. And he's like, I actually think it's a mistake that you're not posting on SoundCloud. He told me this like, year and a half ago and i'm like why he's like well there's huge music discovery on there you shouldn't think that because you post on soundcloud you're not going to get your streams on spotify so i noticed this year i'm like wait a minute like people uh are listening to like songs on soundcloud like unreleased songs or there's just like soundcloud community so what i started doing is i'll put my official releases on soundcloud a week later oh, okay yeah so just why is can, that uh, just because I want to initially get the streams off Spotify and Apple Music to make sure like my numbers are going well, and yeah. then I'll put it on SoundCloud later. Hopefully, yeah. You just don't want to dilute yourself. Basically. Exactly. Okay. But, but I noticed that it's good for music discovery. So, so it's sort of like a marketing engine. Exactly. Like should if we, I should we be putting our podcast on? Uh, yeah. Is that what you're doing? It, it's SoundCloud might be making a comeback. So uh, we could go from like 100, 100 listeners. To like <laughs> Even if I get a few, we're more than a hundred now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, we'll be over there soon. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> um, uh, back to that question. What was it again? It was like, ha- is your primary oh, source yeah. of revenue yeah. from the listens and the royalties? And as you go through that, how do you actually get the royalties? Like, do you actually sit there and go in the back end of Spotify and upload it? Like, this is a <laughs> dumb question, I know, but yeah. I know someone's wondering how you actually post to Spotify and get revenue back. So is it your primary source? And if it is, like, what are the other sources? We can talk about those after. But then also, how do you actually push out music to these different platforms and get paid for it? Yes. So the answer to that question is yes. By the way, music uh, royalties, like, is very complicated, but I'm just going to give you guys, like, a base level of it. But there's all these things behind the scenes, like composition and... uh, societies that uh pick up royalties for you and stuff but i'm just going to talk about mainly the stream aspect so if you're an artist you can go two ways you can sign to a label or you can be independent now i'll break down maybe the pros and cons of that so what i do is i go through a distributor i use and to clarify you're independent i am to a label i am independent have always been will i always be who knows but uh as of now um and I have had like some talks with labels, but it's never really made sense for me yet. Yeah. Um, so most independent artists are using a service called DistroKid. There's a couple other services as well. Um, they are a distributor that distribute to the different streaming services. So you pay $9.99 and you get your song sent to Apple Music, Spotify, every streaming service under the sun. Uh, and they, at least DistroKid, they do not take a cut from you. You just pay them the flat fee. So That's actually really nice. Yeah, so uh, a lot of artists are using that. Now, if you, you want to get... Um, so 
yeah, they'll distribute your song. You get the royalties. You split it with your producers, whoever wrote the song, whatever. Is that, and those details, are they sorted out between you and the producer or is there like a set allocation where it's like producer gets X amount, artist gets X amount? Yeah, it should usually be 50-50. Now, okay. DistroKid has services where they can help do the splits and stuff. Um so if you wanted to, we'll talk about the label aspect. What a label does, they op, they literally operate like venture capital. So they go to artists. They might see, take an artist from my level, right? Like bubbling, but isn't like mainstream or huge, but like has a fan base. Yet. Yet. <laughs> so just like venture capital, right? They got uh, somebody selling some sweaters out of their basement, whatever. They go to the artist and they're like, we're going to give you a million dollars million dollars right sounds Ooh, great <laughs> sounds nice right but what they're gonna do is they'll give you that million dollars up front and they're gonna invest all this money into you and they do have some great resources to you know help get you on playlists um help with their industry connections help help you just build as an artist like amplifier exactly right but they're gonna negotiate a split with you maybe it could be 80 20 in in their favor and they're gonna try and recoup that money that they just gave you. So, actually, interesting stat. Um, apparently, only actually 10% of artists recoup their advance, which is crazy to think about. Wow. And that's literally exactly how venture capital works. All the winners pay for the losers. So, all the Drake's, Dua Lipa's <laughs> pay for all the failed experiments. Yeah. So, it really depends on your situation. Um I guess it is a little bit like predatory because say you like maybe you grew up in a bad family, you didn't work or you didn't work a job, a million dollars to you is going to seem like, holy crap, like, you know, but like a million dollars, what does that even get you? Shacking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the GTA gets you a, uh, a condo. Exactly. And, and it, it 750 square feet, I think. <laughs> yeah. Something cute like that. A bedroom by the, by the stove. Yeah. Um, um, so it it can work because if you do leverage their connections properly and you have that drive, like say you're 60, 40, 80, 20, and you're literally selling like Drake Dua Lipa numbers, dude, it doesn't matter if you're making 1%, you're making a ton of money because you're just that big. Do they set like requirements though for that initial payout that they have? So it's like, hey, Jordan, we're going to give you a million dollars up front, mm -hmm. but we want you to release five albums in the next two years. Yeah. Uh, so, so that is, that is part of it as well. So usually there should be like a content agreement that you need to release a certain num number of albums and stuff. I've thought about doing like an album specific deal with a label. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, if I were to sign with a label, I would want to, and it may have, you never know. It just, it, it, it's what comes across my plate that makes sense for me. But I believe I would want to do some sort of deal where say I go to them, but they can't touch my back catalog that I built up on myself. I, I, I would try and negotiate something like that. Fair. Yeah. And and I know, like, I've heard oftentimes, like, sometimes when you do sign with a label, it almost takes the joy out of what you do. Like, yeah. you started into the music industry because it's a passion of yours. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you have a love for music, um, and, it, and it's just something that kind of brings joy to your life. When you do kind of sign on with a label and you have that obligation to, like, you know, I got to pump it, like, five mm -hmm. albums in the next two years. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... Yeah, totally. There's a route for everybody. And there's definitely a lot of people in the industry who, like, rip on labels and stuff. And, I mean, sure, there's definitely a time and place for that. 
but it really it it depends what type of person you are because there is some artists who they just want to create and all they know is how to create so being with the label might make sense for you because you need all those uh, third-party resources that are going to assist you but someone who might have their money situation sorted out or doesn't need a million dollars up front um, they they got their business aspect and that's sort of I feel like I sort of have my head screwed on in that way that I can structure it properly myself get professionals around me get accountants get lawyers get proper people and sort of build my own thing not saying that I will never sign to a label but it really depends on what type of person what financial situation you're in and um yeah I, I think it's like you when you sign with a label you're almost buying into like the business aspect of music whereas you're pretty fortunate where you know you, you have studied business for a year granted but <laughs> I know you have a business background like it's something that you were passionate about you worked at the bank yeah so I think that's where you kind of you've carved your path for yourself and you understood like where you can go and how you can go do things. Whereas someone who's like not as um, knowledgeable in that space, maybe that's where it is beneficial to go and sign with a label because they give you all those resources. They give you that guidance. And I even almost think in a sense for some people, it may be a motivating factor, right? Like you're lacking that motivation to, you know, push out those five albums being signed to a label ties you to that and you're like all right i'm pushing out yeah. five albums and, and i would say it's definitely situational because if we think about it this way like and i really want to hammer this point home um if you want to be an artist that say like our parents know and hear on the radio like you you have to sign with the label like they're gonna push you to the masses they have those connections to freaking play your song in walmart <laughs> dollarama yeah. right like play it on the radio but I think what I want to hammer home for people is that as a creator, whether you're doing music, whatever, you don't have to be Drake. You don't have to be the biggest artist. If you have a loyal fan base, you're able to make a living and build off that. Like you, you, you don't have to think that the end goal is being the weekend. You know, that can still be in the cards for you. Yeah. But down the road. The way that the creator economy has gone with the direct to consumer it's completely different now. You know, if you want to be scaled up and leveraged to that level, then of course you have to sign with the label, but it, it depends on your goals. It's it's actually a great example of when you think about relating it to startups and VCs, it's sort of like your bootstrapping. So you're bootstrapping right now, which maybe explain what that yeah, means. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, not yeah, everyone knows what bootstrapping means. Yeah. So the idea like you are self-funded. You're not taking anybody else's money, connections, amplification generally mm -hmm. you may not move as fast but you also have more control and autonomy over your work-life balance how you do things your creative control your direction you and so in the world of startups you take on money and outside money and vcs because you want to hockey stick um that can have significant benefits if you want to literally change the world but you can also be a very successful business riding off your own financing and your own money and your own kind of under your own steam. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can be very successful, maybe not a global hit, but more than good enough where you still have control and autonomy. I guess it's sort of like when a business is independently owned or family owned versus being a publicly traded company, you're mm -hmm. like your commitments and your angle are different. You have different path to be able to like, amplify but maybe amplification to that level is not what you need the one question that comes to my mind as we talk through this 
Uh, and you don't have to share specific numbers. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to do like a range because we talked about this like million dollars signed with a label as an independent artist with 113,000 people that follow you. Is this like something that puts people in like the 50 to 100K range as a job? Like it's a career, right? Like you, you at the end of the day, you've mm -hmm. made a career decision here. Is this like you can actually go north of six figures with something like this? Like what is like, give us a range if you're comfortable yep. with it. If you're not, just be like, hey, like, yeah, yeah. But I, I think like when you hear a million dollars to most people, it sounds like insane. Yeah. But if you told people, hey, I'm giving you a job, a career opportunity, you're going to get $150,000 a year. Would you trade it in where for the next 10 years, you're somebody, you're, you literally have to do everything someone says and have no control over your life for the next 10 years, but I'll give you a million up front yeah. or you take the job and you can go carve your own path. That's so, kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. And so, you, and you uncap your potential for that so growth. I'll, too. I'll say if I say, say with no growth, I would say like easily I'll out earn in the, I'll out earn the advance in the next 10 years easily. Okay. Now, now then you start factoring growth and stuff. But let me give you just another um, example. So there's a, do you guys know the artist Russ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You never heard of him, Mike? <laughs> Yo, man, I'm handsome. <laughs> I'm old, help me out, help me out. <laughs> yeah, so there's an artist named Russ. He's probably the biggest independent artist. Tory Lanez is also independent. So yeah, there, was he, was, he was signed with the label. Um, but Russ is like this champion for being independent, like screw a label kind of thing. He even was on a label for a year or so, but he's like this champion of, of, uh, uh, being independent. He's like the face of it. Right. So, and he's very public with like his numbers and sharing and stuff. And he obviously has a really big fan base. Um, I believe he said he, or he's even shown like, you know, receipts and stuff, but he's gotten to the point where he make, he's making like <laughs> a quarter million to 300k a month wow off of his streams alone yeah my, he, oh my. He, he talked he was on like forbes 30 under 30 and he talked about how obviously touring is 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 amazing but it, it it requires like a lot of capital so he talked about how oh if i use distro kid or whatever and put ten dollars in and my music can scale to this level and i can make all these millions then he said i spent like he said, I spent two or three million to uh, uh, produce my tour, do all the back end, do all the uh, production and stuff to make like three or four million, two million to spend. To yeah. make three. And he's like, that doesn't account for the growth of <laughs> yeah, his fan base in that tour. Totally, right? like, totally. It's, a, it's not, it's less of a money thing, I guess. Yeah. But that just shows you how, how big it is that music's been digitized and that streaming is like now, I think streaming makes up 60 to 70% of revenue for major labels now. So it's just completely gone that direction. So my main focus is basically just building my listeners and stuff. And yeah, yeah I, I don't want to give it exact amount. No, 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 worries. no worries. I think that helps, yeah. helps like put the range. Like, hey, as an independent artist, if you're doing okay, no growth, you can go do a million dollars in 10 years. Mm -hmm. I think the, the other part there, though, that you touched on, and so I actually don't know if you know this, but before I started at Microsoft, <laughs> I owned a company that did events. This is actually how I know Dub's manager. Oh. So I, 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 like Dub's, Cruella, uh, we brought in like tons of big artists, which is super cool. Well, like, they're big now. They weren't massive then. I, uh, even at the time. Like, like Dub's wasn't as big as they are now when you had them. No, but they were still pretty big. Like, no, dumb. yeah. 
Dubs, Sack Noel. Sack Noels, yeah. Um, th- th- there's a whole bunch. And Steve Aoki, like, there, there's a bunch. But the point is, the thing I learned at that time, uh, cap slap even. So the thing I learned at that time was, like, touring is actually really hard on you. It is taxing. And so as you tell me these stories and talk about the independent label, touring on your terms and not, like, some of these some of these people were like burnt out. I could see it. We would the 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 cool part was you'd pick them up from the airport in what I was doing, and you would hang out with them and talk to them over dinner, like we're doing now. And yep. you learn a bit about them and their backstory. All of them, for the most part, I think, were on labels. But almost none of them were independent. I can't remember the timing. But you talk to them, and you're like, then then you got their rider, and so you're hanging out backstage, and you're talking about their life. And some of them are like actually to the point where they're just bored of their rider. Like it's just something their manager puts in, but they don't want to drink anymore. They don't want to eat anymore. They just want to like chill. And so, if you're an independent artist, you actually have some control over that. If you're part of a label, and they're like Jordan, you have to do it. This year, man, from January till May, you're on the road the entire time. Every day, you're performing two st- two times, three times in this city. You're packing up, get on a plane. We're sending you the next, and you have to do that. And so, when we get back to work life balance, like the thing that you're talking about here is actually the touring. While it helps build your name, it's not necessarily the most efficient means to income in some respects mm-hmm. and if you don't do it right you will be burnt out yeah. and that's a really big piece e- here. even worse you could get into like bad drugs and stuff yeah like, you know like yeah. well i think it, in a in a way it almost like like as i said before like kind of ruins your your love for what you were mm-hmm. you know you sought out to do with music but what i will say is that it it's important for the fans because it, it it's that number one thing that's going to bring... If you go see an artist, the connection that you're going to have with them is completely different than if you just listen to them on Spotify. Yeah. But but you're right. The, the, the structure and terms. So touching back on Russ, um, I think he did his own... Now, obviously, it takes a lot of blocks and elements to like set up uh, a tour on your own terms. But if you have the capital and you can reinvest, just like any other business would reinvest, right? You can set it up properly. I think he did like a Europe tour spaced with like 10 days in between, took his family, like toured, like that's how you do it properly, right? That's that's how you properly yeah, you have that do time it. to wind down, mm-hmm. you know, regroup, mm-hmm. get ready. You're for actually the next enjoying one. the experience. Exactly. Right? You're going out there, you're performing, you're engaging with your fans. You might stop over, hang out with some of your fans, enjoy the place where you're staying. Mm-hmm. You're not flying into, you know, Hamilton, <laughs> Ontario for <laughs> like a, a show and then that night finding your way onto yeah. a helicopter or a plane yeah. to get to New York for another show that night before you settle down and then pack up the next morning at like 10 a.m. after like staying up till 5 a.m. and then fly to the next place. Like you're just, it's not, yeah. it's not a good and, life. And it is different artist to artist because DJs and stuff like there's definitely a lot of bread and butter. I think I met Loud Luxury at an event yeah. and they, they're, you know, that's huge for DJs. Like you got to go Vegas to whatever, because the bag sizes are huge, of course. Um, and you're getting streams too, but just being a DJ, the money's huge there, but it might be a little bit different for depending on the scale and the size of artist you are or type of artist you are. It's different artist to artist. Yeah. No, it's uh, that's a very interesting thoughts to consider. And what I'm kind of taking from it all is independent versus label independent. You're betting on yourself. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you you have faith in what you're doing. You you have that love and passion for the music, and you want to continue doing what you're doing without someone being in that driver's seat for you. Mm-hmm. Is almost what it is in a sense. So, and and that's just the way that like the world has gone. It's like taking back power. You look at like uh, media companies, New York Times, all these companies struggling to generate revenue. Then you have like Joe Rogan, like outperforming the CNN channels by like 10x multiple. It's crazy. Whether you look at um, creators on TikTok being like the number one driving uh, uh, aspect of marketing uh, versus like traditional commercials. It's just like COVID has, I don't know if it's COVID specifically, but it's just accelerated this new world, this new economy where it's ownership, taking back, not using a middleman, and I think that's really important for anybody who's looking to build a personal brand, who's looking to uh, do their own sort of thing in this market. It, it, it's important to understand that that's the way that the world's going. So you the, take the power back. Yeah, like it, it makes so much sense. Now, obviously, there's, without saying, tons of benefit from a label. Mm-hmm. You obviously can accelerate, especially if you join a label and weren't going to make it far anyway. That's obviously there's some benefit there. You get that bag and run. Yeah. And then there's obviously going into a label and then like 1% of money you would never have achieved in your life is still 1% of money you would have never achieved in your life. So there's benefits both ways. But I think the the thing that's jumping out to me is there's a path of bootstrapping and independent that can still become real. You're going to have to throw in some of that hustle yourself, which maybe this comes back to you know where and how you deploy that time and energy and why you would eventually leave your job from a revenue perspective so we talked about you know from royalties as a creator is it just about royalties or do you do things to start building like whether it's merchandise whether it's additional add-on services and other premium experiences and maybe some of that you're in already and and maybe you can talk about it and maybe some is like on the roadmap things you're thinking about of like premium experiences to engage with you and your brand over time yeah so mainly i've just been like the streaming is like my main thing and I, i've always had like other thoughts my main goal is like to use music as this jumping off platform to do anything else in life that I may be passionate about, whether it's like eventually getting into podcasting or like sports I'm super passionate about. I told you about investing and stuff. And I was telling my dad this and I was just told him like, you know, the main thing is having the eyes on you, getting the attention. Once you have the attention, you can monetize in so many different ways that these opportunities will just fall on your lap. Some people... They literally don't want to monetize their actual product or YouTube videos, but their merchandise is is like uh, Nelk was, struct- was, say, Nelk was is structured like, like that, right? Boom. So it, it really depends where your strengths are going to be. For me, my strength right now is my product and, and my music, but I'm having thoughts about hopefully jumping into different avenues. My main thing is that I feel like I haven't maxed that out yet, like not even close. I still feel like my best stuff is in front of me rather than behind me. So I'm just doubling down on that. But I am always thinking of things for the future. And like anything, you have to... um, you have to just provide value. So you can't always just look at the monetary aspect of it. You have to provide value, whether you're in business, whatever. You have to provide value to your fan, whether that's content, merchandise, touring, and it will just all equal itself out in the end. 
I feel like based on our back-to-back of the last two podcasts, we're going to have to do a Hatchlings times Jay Solo collab here. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how do you go boost up? Oh, I'm going to be cool. back. <laughs> I'm going to be back, man. Yeah, 100%. I, I, as me and Justin started hanging out more, I'm like, dude, I have all these crazy ideas yeah. in my head, but I I just have no outlet to... Uh, this uh, <laughs> this podcast where crazy ideas are going to be born, dude. and I think over time, having all of our uh, all of our guests together, like the ideas and, and knowledge across all of the different people we have talked to and are going to be talking to is like super impressive. That's why we do this, honestly. Like the whole point of this, uh, we uh, taking a, a moment to, to do a little advertisement about this podcast, but like the whole point of this was to talk to people about a bunch of things that we, at least I, but generally we, are not the experts on. No, by no means. But honestly, you see and hear about these things and have questions. So why not just talk to the people about them and share that knowledge? And I think that's the intent of this is like, how do we learn and grow from people across different aspects of life and business and bring them together and find the synergies and it, it's that that's the point like honestly and, i've learned already so much today and we still got a couple more things to dive into but like i had no idea i have no musical or creative <laughs> talent that's not my skill set but i've learned a ton I, and i think that we need to put the power back in people's hands whether they're creators there's so many brilliant minds out there that i just feel like a lot of people think about world the world as this like one lane and they just think well, there's no money in this, there's no money in that. When you just realize like at the end of the day, if you provide value, you're going to be able to generate something out of that. And I feel like there's a lot of knowledge that could be spread to creators and um, people who are looking to go maybe a different route in this world. And they may just not have the roadmap or the knowledge or know-how of how to do that. So I would like to try and provide value from my aspect and i also absorb a lot of content from other people not just in the music industry but any industry and think how can i apply that to my life and then continue to lead and inspire right like maybe someone listening to this podcast today will hear what you're saying and what you've done for yourself thus far and take that jump right but um i think for you a lot of it's you know the future holds a lot of great things um i know you you've just scratched the surface and you know you've only been really pursuing this full time for like a year and a half as you said mm-hmm. um and i think what's really great is we're in a time period where you're empowered to do so many things to grow your brand to build yourself up whether it be through social media uh, whether it be through so many different outlets when this like digital era we'll call it right so it's really the the opportunity is limitless. I, I think that's the key these days and if you have if you have any sort of passion or, or, or you're interested in that you should just nail the quality aspect of it and go do it like my girlfriend she's uh she just like was posting on tiktok whatever and she got like a ton of followers and she has all these girls following her this is like built in like eight months she's like all these girls following her for like her makeup but i've always told her like your makeup's like so amazing like you're so good at these skincare yeah i wash no, my a, face with thing. dove soap yeah it's like you know, i got my skincare <laughs> and, routine and it, whatever she's got all these companies like reaching out to her like trying to pay her like not yeah. small amounts of money yeah it's <laughs> amazing like, you know and i'm like y- y- just double down on that and 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 once you have that attention it's crazy because Companies need influence these days, and uh, that's the way that the world is gone. It's no longer print and 
and TV ads, right? It's it's completely different. It, if someone's looking to to get started, um, now that they've like maybe they already are a creator making specifically music or something else. Music obviously is the area where you've had good success. What are like the top three tips or resources you would point those people to? And we can obviously we'll link these in this anything you talk about we'll link in the description to make sure people can get to it. But if I'm listening to this, I'm inspired either because I'm already an artist or I've been humming and hawing saying I'm never going to be able to do this because only people with labels like they don't realize they can even just do it on the side of their job. Where should they start? Like what are the top three things you tell those people? Before you go, also just to say, not even just artists exclusively, creators. And I know that's something you've touched upon throughout this podcast, creators. You don't just have to be, you know, an artist. It could be doing anything that you're passionate about. You know, maybe in the next few months, I might start like a little cooking tutorial TikTok. (laughs) Like we don't know. But if it's something that you're passionate about, you you have insight into and you can create great content, yeah. you're a creator and you can use that and you can, you know, leverage that to monetize and build yourself mm-hmm. up. So the world is changing so fast that the right answer right now might not be the right answer in eight months from now. Right now, I mean, it's sort of consensus, but you need to understand the answer is TikTok. And I haven't even like tapped the surface in terms of like doing that for my music. I'm starting to do that in 2022 as I uh, take things more serious. But if you are an interesting human, if you have any sort of niche, any sort of talent, any sort of anything interesting about you, you have to get on TikTok first. That's like the main thing. Like you could literally build an audience. You can blow up overnight. So quickly. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's getting it's getting more and more saturated uh, this opportunity won't be around forever. And I haven't even like TikTok's like 2% of the reason that my music's gotten big, but I've tried to like utilize it, whatever. But if you're in like any other creative space, music, anything, you got to get on there and you got to just make content on there and and do your thing. Well, well, prime example, like, uh, Mike's dog, uh, Mila, his <laughs> wife has made a TikTok account for yeah, Mila. Yeah, if, oh, if you want to see a sweet ass dog, check out Mila T G S D. There's some underscores and stuff in She's there. I don't know how the searching works. Actually, She's dumb, blown up. dumb question. Like, we haven't done it yet. Should we be actually like, yeah, you podcast should. TikTok? Like, Justin, is this like your takeaway homework? Once you get videos, you should be clipping it and putting it on uh, TikTok. Got yeah. it. Like, this okay. opportunity is not going to be around forever. Uh, TikTok's taken over, by the way. I don't know if you guys are tapped in with stock market and stuff, but go look at Facebook stock, Meta, whatever. It's dropped like sixty. Not it's dropped like fifty percent in the last uh, few months, and I've been saying this forever. They just reported earnings about two weeks ago, and uh, TikTok is cutting into their users' screen time and watch time like oh, I went down hugely. It. You can you because, can spend like two hours on TikTok in, in the flash of a yeah. It's how it, I it, save it, so much time. I just don't have TikTok. Don't, don't yeah. use it. Just old. So. Don't use it, man. Well, well, it's it. Instagram is a little bit like shallow, and you want to post like your best self on there. So yeah. it, it really limits creative freedom because you're working for like likes. That's why they like began yeah. to remove likes and stuff. But TikTok is just like so authentic it's discovery it's con- good content gets rewarded where instagram is post my best self in miami on a boat and that's solid yeah. <laughs> so so tip one if you are a creator yep. of any type including the flywheel podcast at some point in time yep. get on tiktok mm-hmm. 
utilize the channel that it provides as a marketing avenue to grow yourself, your brand, your following, your your visibility. Okay, so TikTok, all right, what else okay, you got? Yeah, I'll give another tip, it just came to my mind. My second tip would be, and this is for any creator, optimize your lifestyle. So let me give you a little bit more detail. Like if you're working in like a dead end job that you're not, you don't have any freedom to like do your thing on the side, like maybe look for a new job. Like don't think that you're stuck there. Okay. It's not only that though. Maybe your living situation limits you because you're spending too much. So you don't have any extra money to, or, or, or you're living in a bad area or your living situation is not optimal for whatever your creative thing is. Maybe you have to move somewhere else. Maybe you have to save in different ways. So you need to look at it full circle. A lot of people make excuses for themselves and be like, well, I'll never be able to do that because I don't have this money. I don't have rich parents, like whatever. Like, okay, I never had any of that stuff. A Trust my babies. Yeah, exactly. Right? So you're not going to get anywhere complaining. You have to optimize your lifestyle. And a lot of people don't realize you have way more options than you realize like okay you don't like where you live go to the drawing board and figure out a solution for that uh you hate you hate your boyfriend okay <laughs> go figure out a solution for that like you hate your job go figure it out you can't just sit there and complain because uh there's there's a cohort of people in society these days who have just chosen to be like i'm gonna wait outside the arena and not even enter and play the game like if you don't want to play, then you're just going to be stuck there forever. So you have to realize where society's heading, where life's headed. Uh, you need to figure out your money situation, your living situation, your relationship situation, and you need to optimize it for whatever your goals are. A lot of people just aren't doing that. There's yeah. so many resources. If you need to go read about something, go read a book, go read on Reddit, go figure out, go talk to people, like figure out your banking situation, figure out everything. Mm -hmm. A lot of people just want to sit there and complain. No, it's a little bit of a tangent, but no, that it, it, we've rewarded now. We've started to reward people who victimize themselves themselves and uh, don't even want to play the game. Yeah, I, I think a part of it being self-aware uh, understanding, you know, what, what you want, uh, and then just taking action. Cause like that, that's what you did. You know, like you're starting out, you're doing your job, you're in school, music was on the side. I like that taking action. Right. And exactly. that's what you told me when you were yeah. doing the podcast. And yeah. I was like, dude, yeah. that's what it's all about. A hundred percent. Right. And, uh, one statement that's kind of stuck with me and I'm, you know, maybe you can even take this and I know I've said it to a few people, um, progress over perfection. Exactly. Um, this actually came from my boss at work. Uh, perfect is the enemy of great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so little things like that, but it's I think it's a self reflection and just understanding you know what you want to go do. And, and dude, I, I struggle uh, like what I literally just said. Perfect is the enemy of great. Like I struggle with that myself, man. Like I literally hold myself to a high standard and like criticize my own music and be like, this isn't good. But you need to realize that like. At the end of the day, like people are just living their lives. No one really cares that much. You just got to get one foot in front of the other and start to do it. Obviously, there's like a balance of you want to put out amazing stuff. But unless you start, you're never going to find your footing. Yeah. Well, and even Drake has called out that like he he gets hung up on perfection and like, he's like one of the biggest artists <laughs> in the world. Like, Honestly, even at work, like my motto is 90% go. 
Yeah. yeah. Like once you get to like 85, 90% good enough, go. Because honestly, the speed at which you move is yeah. more important than that last 10%. 100%. Every single time. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, like, I think there's probably going to be people who have listened to this mm-hmm. that have more questions or want to follow and see your journey. Where would you point people to? Uh, and we'll again, we'll link it in the description, but where and what are the best resources where people can go to either follow you, learn more, stay close to your journey, or if they have questions, if there's a spot where they can go to like ask you for feedback, for advice, for coaching, maybe maybe there is a place, maybe you're open to sharing something. For sure. So my main thing just as default is going to be Instagram. Just that's where life's documented these days until... And what's that handle? What's that handle? George Solo. <laughs> and all my music's on every uh, every streaming service. My main thing that I'm pushing is towards Spotify just because they're the leader in audio and everything. But hey, if you have Apple Music, whatever, you, you know I'll be on there. And and um, yeah, open. hopefully you can listen to this and get some value from it. And if you want to try and connect deeper, then you can. But um, yeah, it's. It, I hope that you can take some things away from what I said and yeah. apply it to your situation. So one thing here, and I know like we've touched on so many different things, and we talked a lot about you know your music and your trajectory and you know things you have planned. I think we missed failed to touch on one thing here. I know even before you kind of spoke about Joe Rogan. I know for me personally, and I know Mike listens to some of his content too. Like Joe Rogan personally has inspired me to want to take this leap and do this podcasting thing. So shout out to Joe. If you ever hear this, Joe, great podcast. Love your podcast. We'd love to have you on the show. We love <laughs> <In> Burlington, <laughs> Ontario. Moonshot. Yeah, Joe, just if you're hearing this, just know you're welcome in, in the uh, the podcast room. It's not as glamorous as yours, but we'll get it there. Um, oh, but knowing that and saying that, you know, Joe Rogan is an inspiration for us in this scenario and many other podcasters, not to take away from all the great podcasters out there, you know, like Tim Ferriss is out there, Rob Dial, so many great ones. Who like who are some inspirations to you from a artist perspective? Um, who are artists that you regularly listen to that inspire your music? And even like very early on, like who got you into music? Because I feel like that's yeah. very important for yeah. anyone to understand. Because yeah. that's what drives your career. Yeah, that's what drives your trajectory. Is that initial inspiration? I would say my number one musical influence is Drake. Now, a lot of people probably might wonder why, but people have to understand he's the first person who ever um, brought like an emotional aspect to hip hop. So without him, a lot of other artists wouldn't exist. Now, on the other fronts, I can't give one specific, but I would say that, and I would prompt people to do this, I just crowdsource a lot of information. Like I said, I'm on the YouTube thing, whatever. And you don't need to look one-to-one music industry, right? You can look in different um, aspects, different. Yeah, it doesn't have to just be artists too. And you can apply it to your own situation. Because these days, like I said, with how saturated things are, you have to come from a different angle. So I feel like I just crowdsource a lot of information. There's like tons of creators out there. There's people who have done such amazing things in this world. And if you just listen to their stories and think, how can you apply that to your life? Like you're going to win, right? There's no... There's no secret and golden key under the dirt. You just kind of have to go on that path and uncover it for yourself. Fair. Yeah. And that's a perfect example as to why I'm going to lend you the book, uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Read, consume information. Absolutely. Go on Reddit. Okay. I've realized we 
there's something we should do. Yep. It's going to be horrible audio quality, I think. <laughs> but we should listen to a song by you. Because I don't <laughs> think anyone... We've talked for like, I think over an hour. And no one even knows what kind of music this is. Yeah. Um, or or right, should, right. you, should you overlay it or something? Uh, well, I'll, we'll figure out some way to lay it in too. But like, let's just go like real time. Like this okay. is spontaneous. Which one we think? Go on my Spotify. Yeah, I'll maybe I, I, I've got it open. Uh, top top five popular used to Angel Eyes, Pretty Girl, All I Know, and Oh Me Oh My. What what should we what should we play for people? I think used to is probably my best song. Is that your newest too? Uh, no. no, not my newest, but it it encapsulates probably me as an artist best. All right, and Ooh. my quickest growing. Song. All right, here we go. Here we go. Oh yeah. Oh. For the record, like you produce all these yourself, right? I work with a lot of other producers, but I, I do my vocals and all that. Nice. And Mike, you could tell me you can hear a little bit of uh, influences what you hear. This is uh for me. This is one that's like you, you know you walk into the bar with your girl, you're feeling nice, but you're in somewhere like a little more tropical. You get in there, you're feeling nice. This, this was my 2020 summer song. Oh yeah, this is windows down. Oh man, I, I'm feeling this. This yeah. is like March. Like as yeah. soon as that like snow starts thawing, yeah. I whip but the car the out. The first yes. day you bring the Porsche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that first with the summer summer tires on, windows down. So I actually I used TikTok to market this song. Did you? One of the only songs that I really used. And you found it's being used yeah. a lot by Yeah, yeah, it was okay. used by some some pretty big influencers and stuff. There's a little dance to yeah, it. Yeah, look. It went well. One, one, three, four, three, zero. Oh, four, oh. three, one. Go. Yeah, that's a unique listener right there. Boom. <laughs> unique listener. Right here on the show. I, although we did it the wrong way. We did it like the Saturday night style where a whole bunch of people are going to listen for free. I, I guarantee people are going to flow back there. This is this is like super, super valuable for me. It's obviously, a space that's like speaking a different language. This is like, yeah, creator is not my thing. Like, even when it comes down to like editing our audio for this, whether it's editing or creator for this, like none of this is me. This is not my skill set. My skill set is talking to people, learning about things, working on business. And so thank you for sharing a very unique perspective yeah. on something that obviously is like way out of my wheelhouse. I've learned a ton, garnered a ton of respect for what creators and artists go through. Even just the, I, I honestly didn't know, like what are the things you need to go do in a day that would warrant you needing to leave your job or like when do you even make those decisions so th thank you for coming on uh onto the show um thank you for sharing your journey congrats on you were patient like the, we talked we talked about many years here this isn't like a one year honestly more, more patient so like, than the, the the average person for sure so like congrats on amazing success until now it's very clear that you'll continue to do amazing things mm -hmm. um, and you are using music and your creator, uh, you know, creative aspects to go unlock other things that you're going to go do in your life. And so we look forward to following those and following that journey on Instagram, on Spotify and any other you know, we're waiting for the Jay Solo. It, it, well, well, definitely. I, I hope to be back to dive even deeper oh, into... Yeah. Um, just more nuance and detail and add a bit more color to the other aspect of it because I feel like in that way we all have, uh, we share a similar 
a thing about ourselves. So I hope that I could be back to dive a little bit, a little bit away from the music into things that uh, are maybe more in your wheelhouse. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, like Jordan, appreciate you coming on. Totally. Um, Learned so much today that like even I, you know, knowing you before, didn't even know myself. Um, You know, gave some gave some great in uh, insights and perspective on things, even just the mindset that you have. I think a lot of people can take things away from this. Uh, I know I'm excited to see what you have coming planned up uh, for the future. I think sky's the limit. Um, I know we both wish you nothing but the best moving forward. I definitely look forward to, you know, however long it is, like months from now, a year from now, having you back on here to talk about, you know, where you're at at that moment. Um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. But nonetheless, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think we covered. Yeah, no, of course. I think we covered some great stuff here today. So hopefully our listeners, you know, you really appreciate Jordan's perspective and the things that we covered today. Other than that, I think we're saying uh, peace out. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good yep. goodbye. But I, I think, and I think we we went went like last time we were talking NFTs. Today we're talking music. Soon yeah. we're going to be talking health. I think like thank you for bringing a super diverse opinion, yeah. perspective, view, and like helping open up people's eyes to like the things you can go do to make money to you know make your mark in this world. So, Untraditional in a sense. Yeah, right? for like, sure, guys. I guess I'll sign it off here. The power is all in your hands. Take the power back. Optimize your lifestyle. Do what you need to do. Don't make excuses. Just go get it done, right? Progress over perfection. <laughs> Boom. 90% go. Bam. Thanks again, Jordan. Signing off. You've been listening to the Flywheel Podcast. To the Flywheel Podcast. Hosted by Mike and Justin. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at theflywheel.ca.